double patelectomy. Fast forward, you know, 20 years mm -hmm. from when I'm, or a little less, maybe let's say 10 from when I was 11 or 12. I'm now like 21, 22, addicted to Adderall. Huh. And on the third day, my knees would buckle. Like it, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was the strangest side effect of not having sleep. I mean, I've always had really like weak knees. Like I can't jump very high. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I, I like, can get like one inch off the ground. And sometimes when I'd be walking around, I would just like absolutely collapse to the ground. I wasn't fainting. I wasn't like losing consciousness. I wasn't falling asleep like a narcoleptic uh -huh. goat. Like I was, I just, it was like someone cut the strings on my marionette Wow! and I would just fall down. And one time it happened in a spiral stone staircase in the ancient castle that was a dorm for unemployed 21 year olds like myself uh -huh. and I just fell down like a couple flights of stairs Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Al Anonymous. If you're enjoying Al Anonymous, the podcast, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com slash alanonymous. If you don't feel like paying for my otherwise free pod, it would mean a whole lot if you could subscribe, rate, and review Al Anonymous on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if that's too much for you, perhaps you can Tell all your friends how much you love the pod. Thanks, guys, and enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Al Anonymous. I'm Al, your host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I love you all very much. I didn't, that sounded sarcastic, but it, it's not. I truly love you guys. I'd be nothing without listeners, you know. Anyway, uh, I have a guest and I'm going to have her introduce herself. And I am sitting in a lovely West Vil Greenwich Village, right? West Village. West, okay, sorry. West Village, sorry. if you will. This is the West Village proper in... Caroline Calloway's humble abode and it's robust as well very very vibrant vibrant is the word I was looking for and couldn't find it thank you for filling that in you're welcome yeah we have um robust it's a studio apartment one room a lot of white with accents of color um Paintings, fireplaces, staghorns, uh, British crests, Matisse paintings, uh, so many mobiles, a wall of books, trinkets everywhere, but mainly in the bookcase, um, an expanse of white floors that are pretty dirty right now, a la Amy Winehouse's famous, famously dirty white jeans. Mm -hmm. that, we, lo we love Amy Winehouse on this podcast. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that people were always like, why do you wear white jeans that are so dirty? And she's like, I want people to, I think it's very glamorous to have lived your life. Oh, I love that's, that. That's how I'm, I'm treating my white floor these, these mm -hmm. days. A lot of vinyl records, a lot of just, 
uh, candles, flowers. I really like those like dripping flowers that sort of like hang down those plants. Uh, I have a stag fern and a typewriter. Those are orchids. A mac from, which ones are orchids? The ones that hang like that are orchids. Oh, no, no, I was talking about these guys. Oh, these are cool. I don't know what they are, but I'll put a link in the bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually fake and they're $14 a stem. And then I mix them with these fresh flowers so that the bouquet looks real. That's so smart. My friend Jamie, she does fresh flowers in glass vases and puts, did I say fresh or fake? Fresh. She puts fake flowers in glass vases and adds water to it so they look real. Oh, I love that. Isn't yeah, that yeah. smart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar. I mean, yeah, I literally added water to this pot before we started podcasting. Mm-hmm, but yeah, a lot of trinkets, big vibes, kitty cat in my lap, sweet big boy, no thoughts and heads, only vibes. That's why cats Including are our heads. Us. I accidentally made that plural. But let's get into it. I'm so excited to be on this podcast about drugs. Lifestyle. It's a lifestyle podcast. Oh. We hear it's a safe space for, you know, people with lifestyles. And it's, I mean, it's about, it's called Al Anonymous because it's a little take on Alcoholics Anonymous because I am an alcoholic and in recovery. So we talk about recovery and addiction and drugs and all the fun stuff and a lot of like mental health. And My favorite things to talk about. Right? I love talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so lifestyles. Uh, so I invited you to be on this podcast because you Instagram about your recovery and I wanted to, you know, I mean, yeah. Do you want to talk about that or what do you want to talk about? Oh, no, no, no. Let's get, (laughs) let's get into it. Have you had any former Adderall addicts on the podcast? I am, I, I am currently one, um, But no, not yet. Was that the huge pill bottle in your purse? No, that was Zoloft. Oh. (laughs) That was Zoloft. I don't know if I'm, I used to have a bigger problem with it, but now I take it as prescribed. Oh, the Adderall? Yes. Then why do you say you're addicted? Because if I don't have it, I can't function. You know, I... Chemically dependent, not addicted. Yes, yes, yes. I would absolutely say that that is the number one distinction between... um, dependency and addiction like are you know, different are different yeah. and they it's hard to pinpoint the exact day when like one bleeds into the other mm-hmm. but um but I, I say one bleeds into the other as if it flows both ways no 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 it, the direction it, that river goes is from dependency to, to addiction, addiction and the only way addiction keeps flowing is like worse addiction or yeah. to sobriety from that drug. That's like the you never go back to dependency from addiction. Mm-hmm. But um like just dependency. But one of the best descriptions of addiction that I ever heard was uh, someone who said, you know you're addicted when you break start breaking your own rules around using. Like if you're like, I'm only gonna drink on the Mm-hmm. on I don't know after 5 p.m. Uh-huh. I'm only gonna do cocaine on the weekends, and then you find yourself still doing it cocaine on a Tuesday night or you find yourself you know having a drink at lunch even though you told yourself you wouldn't and I think that is like if you can use your Adderall as prescribed by a doctor yeah that's that's not addiction that's definitely dependency because you can stick to the rules I think I have a healthy relationship with Adderall now but there was a point where it was it 
it was an addiction. It was an addiction the way I was addicted to alcohol, like emotionally and psychologically. And I, yeah, I'm still addicted. I like, I love it. Yeah. Well, honestly, same. I fucking <laughs> love Adderall. I'm so jealous you get to take it every day. But you know, something I often hear with um, being like out, an outspoken, like former Adderall addict that I never hear with outspoken alcoholics is whenever I talk about my experiences with addiction with Adderall, there'll always be at least one person who's like, but it really helps some people. Like you can't be giving this drug, like you're doing so much damage to like the ADHD community by like talking about this and, right, and not right. like, and I just, it's strange because, you know, it, like benzodiapamines, like they are addictive and mm -hmm. they also really help some people. Yeah. And like, I would never say that like, obviously it's not a perfect comparison to alcohol because the community of people who drink and say like benefit from alcohol yeah. are not the same as like some the community of like people with ADHD. Like they're not right. that, that comparison isn't perfect, but it's just like, it's strange that no one ever thinks that you talking about your uh, bad experiences with alcohol is like a, I never see people taking it as personally as I do when I talk about Adderall. Well, people really like, they, they don't want to be labeled as an addict, you mm -hmm. know, that, that's basically what it is. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I hadn't even thought about it that way because I definitely know that during the years um, when I was like defending my own usage, like mm -hmm. I would, I would tear your fucking throat out with my yeah. words before I would. No, absolutely. I would, you know, give a fucking inch in terms of like how I was identifying my usage with Adderall and how healthy I believed it to be uh -huh. and how good it was for me. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I, I, I do that, but I also, I have been addicted to it before. So have you and had any Adderall addicts on the show? No, you're the first. Oh, no way. You're the first besides me, but I. It, any other pill addicts? Pill addicts. Yes. I've had a few of those. What were they into? Um, um, benzos and Xanax and yeah. then that turns into heroin and yeah before, that's usually how that goes down before we uh, started podcasting I saw this giant bottle of pills in Al's purse mm -hmm. um, it's like one of those three month prescriptions it's really the best the, as someone who's like uh, been on antidepressants and had you know how I found my Adderall prescription uh -huh. well actually Natalie gave me my very first Adderall although I like don't blame her at all like there's no way that either of us could have known the like addiction that this would unspool uh -huh. like you can't you can't blame the first person who poured you a glass of wine like who was to know exactly but yeah. um as soon as I tried it I wanted more than she had like available to give mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. so I typed in Adderall to Yelp and sorted by least stars first. Smart. And just looked at the reviews that were like, this guy's such a hack. He Genius. doesn't even care about your problems. And I was like, bingo. That's the one you want. Bingo. So I had a prescription and I also loved getting mine in like three months oh, installations. Oh, wow, yeah. But um, yeah, when I, I saw the, the pill bottle in your purse, my first thought was like, oh, 
Is Adderall. That Adderall. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah, that yeah. would be like crazy. I like still love. I like still love Adderall. Like, yeah, no, of course I still. It love, never goes away. I still love alcohol like yeah. so much. I but I know that if I drink it, then like that's game it's not going to be good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If I if I took any Adderall now, like I'd fucking. Mm-hmm. I it would be like uh, the bender to end all benders. No, absolutely, and it's it's good that you you know that about yourself and just like refrain from it, like do something else. And I'm I'm really glad that uh, you brought up the distinction between dependency and addiction, because not to make it all about me, but just for a second, I. This is your podcast. Go off, Queen. But you no, are no, no. the Go guest off, of no, honor. No, 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 no. Well, we're we're gonna do another episode together. We, like, we have time. We, we have all are. the time in the world. This is true. Caroline and I have big plans to do another episode. Stay tuned. It'll be a good one. This one's good too. All right. Anyway, so in lieu of alcohol, like a little over a year into my sobriety, sobriety for me is abstaining from alcohol. A year in, I started drinking kratom. And I what is kratom. Kratom is like a. Is it like kava? Yeah, it's exactly like kava. It's actually kratom is actually made from the same. It has like the same genetics as a coffee plant or something. Okay. But anyway, I was drink. I I don't know how it happened. Like two years. So I've been drinking kratom for with no problem for like two years, and. I realized that I was drinking it every single day. Yeah. And if I didn't, I felt like shit all day. And I'm like, why do I feel like shit? And it was like, oh, because I need Kratom. And that's when I realized that I was chemically dependent on Kratom. Like, not addicted because I didn't feel like an emotional attachment. Like, I need to have this to, like, relax and, you know, like get rid of my thoughts, which is my reasoning for drinking. But I was like, well, this is fucked up. I don't want to be dependent on anything except for like all 15 of my antidepressants. <laughs> but um, so I, I went off of Kratom for a week and the withdrawal symptoms that I experienced were so painful like physically painful. I didn't go through like the the mental anguish that I went through when I quit drinking. That was like painful in a different way because I wasn't dependent on alcohol. alcohol. But I, I had like the flu for a week straight. It like, Damn. I was so sick. The runny nose, like the puking, it was fucked up. What sort of thoughts did you want alcohol to quiet for you? All of them, all of them. I um I hated being alone with my thoughts because I uh I have OCD I guess and um my thoughts spiral out of control. So I was actually another story about me. I went off my Zoloft by mistake because of insurance and I didn't have it for a month and I almost checked myself into the psych ward because my thoughts were becoming like religious like I thought I was like seeing God which is the textbook mental breakdown yeah yeah textbook yeah that's right next to thinking you are God yeah yeah it was it was crazy like literally crazy I know that's ableist but here we are uh 
But I feel like as a crazy person, like as the mentally ill person, like I'm allowed to like joke about that word. Yeah. No, the way that like sure. the way that like gay people can we, like say we, the F slur if they want. We are hysterical women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm without like, a doubt. I'm sick in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely disturbed. Like no one else can call me that, but like I can absolutely call myself that. But, disturbed um, and disturbing. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I just want to. I want to wrap up the kratom thing. So yeah. I went off of it. I got so myself it's like a, un. It's a coffee like high is how it feels. Yeah, it makes you more awake or less awake. It depends on how much you drink. If you drink a little, it's a stimulant, and if you drink a lot, you nod out like it's like an opiate. No way. Interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's great. And um, it's, I think it's a really good drug in terms of harm reduction because, like, you can't overdose on it. And a lot of, like, um, recovering heroin ad- addicts and recovering alcoholics use it. And it's not harmful. Like, you're still cognizant and it doesn't mess with your brain. Like, you still have, you're still in your right mind, you know? But long story short, I decided I became not I, I'm no longer dependent on Kratom, but Good I, job, but I'm not like abstaining from it the way I abstain from alcohol because I don't mm-hmm. think I'm addicted. So I just drink it once in a while now. Yeah, that's yeah. And I just want. Yeah, I've I felt really that's how I feel about mushrooms and psychedelics. Like I'm definitely not addicted to them, mm-hmm. but like I. I really enjoy them. They're a drug that really clips into my brain, like They're especially amazing. mushrooms, like mm-hmm. uh, like a puzzle piece. Um, but <laughs> like I, I went through like a little bit in the spring when I was doing mushrooms, just like macro dosing. Right. Like not, it wasn't a real dose, but it wasn't a micro dose. I don't know if micro dosing is real, to be honest. Like I like it's it, either you're tripping or you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I think it is real because I think they're like shades to how hard you can trip. You know. Yeah. But um, I think it is really, really hard to like nail that correctly. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah I went through like a couple of weeks where I was just doing mushrooms all the time and just mm-hmm. buying mushrooms all the time, and I was like, I need to scale this back. This is, this is uh. Yeah. It looks. You, you know what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, and but I don't abstain. It's not like I'm never gonna do mushrooms again. I right, just do right. them, yeah, no. less frequently. And that's why I call this a lifestyle podcast because it's how whatever makes living for you easier and healthier. You know, whatever helps. Why don't we both share our like rock bottom stories from I our have, different addictions? I have so many rock bottoms that weren't even that didn't even make me quit drinking like I just had so many rock bottoms that I was just like I can't live like this I'm gonna die you know yeah like I I had gotten two DUIs um in New York you have a car here this was before I turned 21 I've known that I'm an alcoholic since I tasted alcohol when I was 15 no way I I knew as soon as I had it that I was an alcoholic I feel like sort of like that with Adderall. Like from the first pill, I was like, I need as many of these as mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, you know. You, you I know. was just like, oh, I'm doing this a lot forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish it was sustainable to to do that. But yeah, with drugs like this, your life becomes unmanageable. Totally, totally. It's like my life was just about obtaining the pills. Yeah, no, you... you 
you worship the pills. That's mm-hmm. your life. You know, it's wild. Um, so you, you got two DUIs. Yeah, I've destroyed so many relationships. I've lost so many friends, burned bridges, lost jobs, just, you know, hung over all the time, saying things I don't remember, blacking out, like trying to jump off a bridge when I was blacked out. Where was the bridge? Um, uptown. Uh, that was, Which yeah. bridge? The one that connects Long Island City to uh, oh, shit. Manhattan. No way. Yeah. And just like things like just and even all these things I'm mentioning aren't what made me quit drinking like at all. It, yeah. All sorts of things. I uh, I was I ruined my life in so many ways so that it got to a point that was like, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. I am going to die. And my life is just going to get worse. Do you still go to meetings? Um, I haven't in a while, but meetings are what got me sober. I couldn't have done it without them. They were extremely helpful. The program I love and applaud. It's just kind of, there are some things about it that aren't for me, you know? Yeah. I ended up working with a couple of therapists. Um, I went through the same struggle that everyone goes through of like, you know, and no one talks about this, about like how you need to like date therapists. Um, like no one expects like the first person you go on a date with to like be your like life right. partner. Right. But right, there's right. this strange expectation that if you like go to therapy, you're going to like. It has to be. That's it's the like one. That's your therapist. No, now. absolutely. And, and I think we should really, really, really like fix the uh, the cultural assumptions around that because no, that's. Like you need to like, you need to date therapists. Like you need Mm -hmm. to find out like what you like, but um, just like someone who maybe was like, would be like selecting for a partner that was like only Jewish. Like they knew they wanted to like build a life with someone who is Jewish and Uh it just like cuts down your pool of people you can pick. I knew that I wanted a therapist with like experience with AA Uh and, and addiction because I didn't want to do the program or like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want to go to meetings, yeah. but I wanted my own treatment to be informed by the program because I've seen friends go through it. And I've just been so impressed by just like what they've taught me about what they've been learning. And just yeah. like I went to I went to one meeting and my friend who was uh, getting sober at the time actually like brought me to the meeting and I was still like very fully addicted. I think uh-huh. I was, I think I was definitely the highest person at that AA right. meeting. Yeah. And I just like, didn't want to be there. I didn't want to get help yet. Yeah. I would be addicted to Adderall for like another calendar year after that date. Right. But I think that like being dragged there and like being, it was so, so humbling to see how, um, I'm going to try to whistle less when I say, Oh my gosh, don't think about it. You are not um, whistling. It was so humbling to see like how hard some people, like the people at the meeting were Mm -hmm. working to stay sober and, Mm -hmm. and just, Oh, it was so uncomfortable. Like thinking about how little interest I had in that and how high I was and how I Mm -hmm. was high at this AA meeting, which was like in a church and And it all felt boring and you can't look at your phone. It's it's not that it wasn't, was boring at all. These stories were riveting. Um, Dark. I yet, well, just like so vulnerable, not, Mm -hmm. not even dark, just like so vulnerable. 
Yeah, I didn't think it was boring at all. In fact, I, f- I found I wish it had been boring because I could have like zoned out, but I just felt so like raw and exposed and terrible about myself. And I think that just like that experience that I think there's a reason that people aren't supposed to like drag their friends who like don't want help to meetings. Yeah, no, I think it's like one of the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to (laughs) be fair, my friend like hadn't learned that rule yet. Like my friend was still very, very, very new to it. Yeah. So no blame on them. They really didn't know. But uh, yeah, it really fucked me up. I was quite scarred by it. And I I was like, I am... I know that this program works because I've seen it work on my friends. Yeah. And I'm also never coming back here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great program. Like if it works for you and it works, it, it worked for me up till up to a point. And I, what they say in the program, they have all these little like slogans, but it's take what you need and leave the rest. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I left, I left the rest and then I made an Al Anonymous podcast because the thing about AA is just all the rules and the judgment. And uh, I, I think sobriety is not black and white. I think it is subjective to everyone. And the reason I like reiterate lifestyle is because I think if you're doing whatever you need to do to keep your life manageable and what makes life living easier, I think that's sobriety, you know? And if you're like, I don't, yeah, I mean, if you're in denial about having a problem, that is a thing. But that's the rules with AA. I just. One of my uh, rock bottom stories that did not force me to get help, but I think you said it best when you're there, like, there are lots of stories that are just like, add up um I one of my fingers you can still kind of see that like one doesn't straighten completely this one with the ring finger yeah yeah it's uh-huh. like a little it's it's almost it's been f- it'll be five years in May for my Adderall sobriety and congratulations six, thank you and a little over six years in May since this story that I'm about to tell happened uh-huh. and it my finger has almost gone back to normal but um I I would make these rules for myself around using Adderall. Right, right. And my, because I was like, oh my God, this is getting out of control. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And that's when you like just start justifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like very, uh, it was just. Yeah, that's. Well, I, it's not even justifying. I just like, I just couldn't stop taking these little yeah. orange pills. But I, I, my rule was on the third day you have to sleep because like my mm-hmm. normal unit of waking time like of waking had just become 48 hours yeah yeah and like that was a given like there was no way I was going to sleep like (laughs) when I'd finally wake up from having crashed there's no way I'm going to bed that night whatever time it is I'm gonna be awake for 48 more hours yeah then there'd be like one more depending on when I woke up like you know ideally it would be like in the morning but if it was in the afternoon it could be all thrown off and mm-hmm. what oh, if I, I woke up at like all about that 7 p.m anyways but mm-hmm. on the third day I had to sleep and that was the rule I made for myself and so I couldn't do it I would just keep taking the pills and and the body really at least my body really can't when you start approaching the third night of having not slept yes you can and you're on amphetamines and you've been doing this like re- repeatedly for a year Mm -hmm. you can actually like 
keep going, but it doesn't feel good. You get like really bad. Psychosis happens. Psychosis happens. You can't interpret anything that's happening to you. Like anything a friend says to you, Mm -hmm. any text messages you get. Like so scary. You can't even respond to text because you just like your mind goes from being like a clear lens to like a kaleidoscopic prism Mm -hmm. and like you cannot interpret anything correctly. Yeah. Like your friend could be like, Hey, miss you. And you could like start a fight with them. Cause like you just like wouldn't, mm -hmm. you you would just interpret it the wrong way. Yes. And um, you're not in your right mind at all. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think it's really interesting that like one of the like, earliest forms of like and most universal forms of torture in like of course like you know there are all these horror stories of like things that different specific cultures do to like their prisoners of war Uh or like um captured spies that they want intelligence from yeah but one of the most universal ones is just depriving people of sleep Mm -hmm. it like is like the go-to way to unravel them you lose your mind yeah you lose your mind and a weird thing that would happen to me in addition to all the normal things like uh going crazy Mm -hmm. and uh just you know being insane uh and the uh, not eating and like yeah, not even noticing what you look like. That was a thing for me when I was in my amphetamine abuse stage. I just like had no idea what I looked like. I, hmm. And when I, I, I would pic- actually like fixate on my face. I would I would literally like tear holes. Oh in my yeah, skin that with too. My no, fingers. I yeah. I, I'm saying I looked like shit. Like I did not look healthy yeah, at all. It looks like <laughs> I had really bad acne actually. But what they were were I would get on like day three in the psychosis part of the cycle, I would like get it in my head, like that little things had like lodged themselves no. in my pores mm-hmm. and I would like try to pick them out. And I just end up like digging a little hole in my face. Mm-hmm. In fact, I still have this one scar and I feel it every single fuck. I feel it like three times a week when I go to shave my legs, I have this little bump on the back of my calf from when I picked the biggest hole into the back of my leg mm-hmm. and the it just like just keeps coming back and you I, keep pulling it out and, and then and I get just kept on pulling out the scab and now I have this bump forever it's like it's smaller than a mosquito bite but pointier and it's just so strange that I have to like feel it every single every other day but um but do you think it's kind of a good reminder of, of what hap- of what can happen no, I, and, I wish I didn't have it. It's, yeah, I it's, know. But it's, it's also, it's just you know. like, it's like when I had like uh, a, a, such a long time ago at this point. But like at first, like when I first went viral as a scammer, I still had Google alerts on. Mm-hmm. And then just like at all points during my day, I would just be like disrupted by just like n- articles about yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, like I need to know what, who's using my name and what people are saying about me for my job. Like it's it's not like I can just shut that off and like still market myself and like do, I mean, really for a long time, it was damage control. It's only like re- recently that I could finish that sentence by saying like, and launch new products well. Uh-huh, but um, yeah. But so now I like Google myself and I see those articles like when I, I'm like, okay, I'm in the right headspace. What was posted about me this week by the news and I just like type in my name and like sort it by news and they're usually like I would say two to five things like every week some sometimes all like have done one consensually like as an interview but I feel like this is this is the google alerts of addiction it's just like right 
the sky. It's hole. like, hey, you weren't thinking about it. You're taking a nice bath. Remember when you're in an addict and you like dug mm-hmm. a hole in your leg with your own fucking fingers? Right. It's like I, I kind of wish I could just like, you know, revisit those memories of digging the hole in my leg when I wanted to instead of being forced to. Yeah. Um, yeah. They say hindsight is 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a line in my book that says hindsight is 20 years from where this story starts. Um, Cute. Yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I was proud That's of that That's a one. real, is that the the opening line? Because that is an amazing no, first line. No, 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 no. It's actually, it's just in chapter one. But yeah, I'd like to think all the sentences in chapter one are, of high quality enough that they could be the lead for the entire fucking book. That's a really quality way to write. Rock bottom story. It's day three. A weird thing that would happen to me Mm -hmm. in addition to all the normal stuff that comes with uh, normal for abnormal reactions to the human body, you know, psychosis, not uh, interpreting intrapersonal things correctly, headaches, um, I specifically, I had my kneecaps removed when I was one leg. I was seven, and I think the other one I was like 11 or 12. And so I have really like weak knees. And to this day, like I can't jump. And a fun fact is before I was famous for being Caroline Calloway, I was famous. I want you to talk for the listeners after this. I, I want you to get into that just for those who don't know. But go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, um I... The first thing I was ever famous for was getting both my kneecaps removed, mm-hmm. being the youngest person in the history of mankind to ever have a double patelectomy, mm-hmm. which is what that's very called. Very cool. It actually wasn't. It was like very not cool. They like told my mom that they didn't know if I'd be able to like walk because mm-hmm. it, it never. Thing. Oh, what yeah. was yours? I got Lyme disease as a kid and I couldn't walk. I, actually, I don't know what Lyme disease is, but I hear it referenced all the time. I like just learned what, like really learned what MS is the other day. Yeah, MS is. is what is Lyme disease? Lyme disease is an is autoimmune what happened, disease? N- I guess, but it happened to me. I got bit by a tick playing in the woods and I had a like this bullseye rash on my stomach. And a few days later, I couldn't walk and I had like 107 degree fever and I, I couldn't walk because Lyme disease gives uh, kids premature arthritis. So actually no in the way. next few years, I have to get a double hip replacement <gasps> surgery. I've lived with arthritis my whole life. I, this pinky does not straighten all the way because it's arthritic. So I, I have a finger like yours. Does it hurt? It hurts so bad. It sucks. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. But let's talk about your... Knee, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm knee like, fame. I'm like, I don't even know what arthritis is. Like, I know it's, I know it's pain in the joints, and like the joints don't work. But like, I don't know what's happening inside the body when you know when you are trying to open like a jar of pickles, and it's so difficult to open. Yeah, that's what it feels like if I'm holding like a pen or something. But it's more so in my in my hips. That's where it flares the most. It's fucked. I don't know. Whatever. Let's talk about your knee fame. Yeah. Double patelectomy. <laughs> Fast forward, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. from when I'm, or a little less, maybe, 
let's say 10 from when I was 11 or 12. I'm now like 21, 22, addicted to Adderall. And on the third day, my knees would buckle. Like I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was the strangest side effect of not having sleep. I mean, I've always had really like weak knees. Like I can't jump very high uh-huh. um okay. i i like it can get like one inch off the ground and sometimes when i'd be walking around i would just like absolutely collapse to the ground i wasn't fainting i wasn't like losing consciousness i wasn't falling asleep like a narcoleptic uh-huh. goat like i was i just it was like someone cut the strings on my marionette wow and i would just fall down and one time it happened in a spiral stone staircase in the ancient castle that was a dorm for unemployed 21 year olds like myself Uh and I just fell down like a couple flights of stairs and I fucked up my finger and this is such, such a testament to like how uninterested I was in like not just in taking care of myself but like so interested in pills that like I was blind to anything I just continued going to school. This happened in like maybe February. Like we wouldn't get off for like Easter until like fucking, I don't know, April or March. Waited like two months. I had this broken finger. It was so sensitive. I couldn't touch it on anything. It was sticking out at this like crazy fucking angle. Uh Like I, I couldn't, I, it hurt to like put my arm down the sleeve in coats because like it might brush against the finger. Still, I just got a bigger coat with like bigger sleeves and I just like kept taken my drugs and by the time I finally got back to America for Christmas break my mom was like have you has your mom ever like seen you and like or anyone ever seen you and like reacted with like such horror and disgust but then they like it's almost like rude how frightened they are by you so they have to like pull it back in like my mom was like oh no uh, no, what I mean what happened you know And she took me to the doctor and it was just like, I'd waited so long to get it treated that like, and everyone just kept asking me over and over again, like you've just lived like this for like two months. And I just had to be like, yep, because I'm normal and everything's fine. And I just didn't think I needed to come to the hospital. And they're like, look at your hand. Look at the way the finger is sticking out diagonally. Like it looks like your finger is possessed. Like it, it looked as wrong as when like the human neck swivels around. Like the finger was bending the wrong way. Like, and it was just like, they were like, you, you look like your hand got possessed. Uh huh. Your hand is looking very cute now. Well, thank you. But, um, but still I just have like a bulging knuckle and all the time, I, uh, every single day I have to massage like the crazy scar tissue down. Mm-hmm. Six years later, it almost looks okay. <laughs> almost. I'm, I'm very happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah. So that's one of my, uh, rock bottom stories, but you know, do uh, I, I just want to point out that uh, a lot of the rock bottoms that we experience and like don't do anything about is so much denial and similar to breaking your own rules. Like even the act of making rules for yourself as far as like your drug of choices, like I'm only going to drink wine from now on, you know, it's just, you're still in denial about the the problem. Also, by the way, you said you had Jamian on the pod. I did. Jamian's going to be here like in like 15 minutes, I think. Oh my God. Cool. Yeah she'll, yeah. she'll have a cameo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We can wrap the episode with her. Oh my God. Here. Are, are there any, I think I got into this because 
when you were talking about having other pill addicts, mm-hmm. we were talking about the pills in your purse. And I'm actually going back on antidepressants, which is something I wanted to talk about. Yes, let's um, please talk about that. Well, it's, there's there's not a whole lot to say other than the very important fact that like I've been on them, I've been off them, going back on them. And I I don't see a lot of examples of like people who like do that, who go through periods of not needing them and then like need them again. And I just want to share the fact that I'm going through that because I think it's always nice to feel less alone. So if anyone out there is going through that, they'll just feel less lonely in that there's, I mean. So you felt okay without antidepressants for Yeah, I felt okay until suddenly I didn't. And I just like remember when that uh, volcano erupted in Iceland and like all the flights were canceled for like a week. I, I could, sure, it didn't affect me it, at all, but yes. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of how like depression is. Like it just doesn't really affect anyone around you. But I just woke up one day and like the sky inside my brain was just ash and all yeah. the flights were canceled and it was just like, oh my wow. God. Um, so yeah, so I'm going back on them. And, that's uh, a really healthy and wise Decision. And I'm not allowed to. And I was like, and could I have something for my anxiety? Because I'm so anxious all the time. <laughs> and my psychiatrist was like, uh, no, you can have you can have a little antidepressant as a treat. But a no, treat. no benzodiapamines for you because they are mildly addictive. You should try Kratom for anxiety. For real. I, if you want. I tried it once at this crazy like Florida Kava Kratom oh, bar. Oh, yeah. It's popular there. It's really popular. And it was just such a weird fucking night. It's obscene the, the, how it is. There was like there. a metal band playing. Yeah. I was there with like three reality stars from this really famous show called Siesta Key. Wait, was it Kava Sutra by chance? I don't. I could not tell okay. you if I wanted to. And Sorry, one I of the reality stars, like, no cameras were there, but she, like, accused me of, like, literally, like, she was my favorite out of all the people I met. And she was on this show, and she just, like, thought I was flirting with her boyfriend, and I just, like, wasn't. I thought he was so fucking weird. Yeah. I just, like, wanted to, like, know the people in her life, and it was just, it was just, oh, Her insecurities projecting onto you. That sucks. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, and I just didn't f- feel like the cover kratom did anything for me. That's a bad experience, but yeah, I mean, it does work for anxiety. It was, I was just offering it up as an option, as an alternative to benzos. Totally, but can we, I? We should do kratom sometime. Yeah, yeah, I do it. I do it less often than I had previously been doing it, but yes, it's ask nice. me any of your questions well, uh, that you want to. What? Wanted to talk about on the pod before Jamian gets here. <laughs> well, what, what antidepressant are have you been on, and have you been on different ones? No, what's, it's it's always been fluoxetine. Okay, all right, and is that an SSRI? Yes. Okay, I think it's like a sort of a a new gen of Prozac. Cool. I hate to. I mean, I don't know. Everybody is different. Everyone reacts to chemicals differently, uh, but. Since I began SSRIs, I cannot feel mushrooms at all, no matter how much I take. You know, people also bummer. say that SSRIs mess with their sex drive, too. I don't experience either of those 
side effects. That, yeah, that's good. Everybody's different. Yeah. But the but the mushrooms thing was a huge bummer for me. But Huge then, bummer. But then I was actually able to microdose in that I wasn't tripping at all. But I was taking mushrooms every single day for my migraines. And it was the only time in my life where I didn't get migraines like every three weeks or something. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. I'm so sorry that you get migraines and arthritis. I know, right? Chronic pain I live with. Yeah, I'm so scared of physical pain. And like, it's just really horrifying for me. Like the whole kneecap thing was like, oh my God, that hurts so fucking much. And it wasn't just like, I'm not really sure why it was like so hard to like learn how to re-bend my knees. Like, I'm not sure why... Well, I'm not sure what was happening there, but like after the surgery, it was like really hard for me to bend my legs. And I had to go to physical therapy where they'd like measure how far I could bend my legs with this like human size protractor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just a lot of it was just spent like pushing my knee like as far as it could like bend in, which like got a little bit farther, you know, every couple of times a week. But like. Oh, and just the, the 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 scars healing up. There were just like deep incisions and physical pain is not. They were like fun. three cuts on each knee, like one really long scar, but then like two other like pretty like deep wounds. And then I had then I had to submit myself to have it done all over right, again to the, the other leg. Like two years after that one had like finally fucking healed and yeah. I could like walk again. So in conclusion, I'm fucking terrified of physical pain and just like i i have such awe for people who just like live with endometriosis and mm-hmm. arthritis and ms well yeah but i it's unfortunate but everyone has something that they deal with and they take medicine for like having depression is painful you know so oh, you can yeah, take yeah. antidepressants for that i think and- part of the reason i'm also so scared of pain is i feel like my interest in life is like dangerously low like my interest in being alive is like already very very low and i feel oh. like if i like had to be in constant pain i'd be like oh Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. Like, I just like, no, no. Oh, that makes me so sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I meant it to be a dark joke, but no, I know. I'm I'm glad you're getting on antidepressants. Yeah. That sounds like a, like a dull ache of a, of pain. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know. That's, that sucks. That's a shit, like painful thing to deal with, to live with, you know? Yeah, it doesn't Yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like pain. It feels closer to something like sadness. Yeah. But or indifference. Mm, fatigue. I get so tired when I have depression spells. Not fatigue, just um uh like defeat maybe. It would be a good word for it and just like uh you just feel like you've already lost. You're just like, "Oh, this is uh, what's the point? Yeah, it's like I don't really feel like cut out for the world or like able to cope with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you're just like you're just like no, no, I don't think I like this. Caroline, thank you for for sharing that because I f- I think a lot of a lot of people feel that way and can't articulate it the way you just did and or even talk about it, express it. It's it's not talked about a lot. A lot of it's, scammer. It's real. 
a lot of scammers about depression. I spent most of my days thinking about how to put the experience of mental illness or addiction, really depression and addiction into words, especially, you know, I haven't finished the parts of the book that are as much about addiction, but for the first, like, for the first, I would say third of it, depression is like a really, a really big driving theme, especially because I think the reason that I am, so my dad killed himself because he had depression. Mm -hmm. And I wish that like, I wish there was like more of an immediate understanding. Like, you know, when you like, when you bleed out from a wound, people think you died from, you know, the thing that inflicted the wound, like that you died in a car crash, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you say you died by suicide, we don't really think of like, what caused the wound that you bled out from. And it's like depression, you died from depression. Uh And I I wish there was like a bigger connect between those. But um, what's interesting, I think, about the depression that I inherited from him is I think it made me more prone to addiction in the first place. Like the the two go hand in hand more often than not. Well, especially like as someone who skews like uh, to be like disinterested in life. I think something that manufactures uh, synthetic interest mm-hmm. is like a very good fit for my brain. Absolutely. And I also just like the euphoric aspects of Adderall were like also a really good fit for the sadness. Mm -hmm. And so I think it like, I really hope, you know how we look back on history and like, we'll look back at like people who, you know, Kings who died from the French disease. And and now we're like, that's syphilis. And we know Mm -hmm. how that disease works. Or like, you know, when consumption was just like, and and now we understand and like can prevent and how like consumption again. I think it's tuberculosis. What I still don't know what that is. I think that's a very bad bad. lung disease that we now have a a vaccine for. Perfect. Like and people also call it TB. But um, I just hope the uh, the light years of like medical knowledge that were covered between like people peeing in the river where they drank Mm -hmm. and not knowing why they got cholera to penicillin. Yeah. I hope that I live long enough and us being able to look retroactively like back at history and identify like why plagues happened. Why? Yeah. 20 years from now. Oh, I hope at the rate that like we're, you know, advancing with medicine, but like the, the brain is 91% gray matter. And like, we don't know what gray matter is. Like we just don't, we don't know what that is. It stresses me out so much. I really hope that like, I'll live to see us understand mental health to, and mental illness really, um, to the point where we can like describe this more accurately of like why certain people are prone to addiction to certain chemicals or like, Mm-hmm. I hope that we'll be able to like look back and and it'll be like does because they were like peeing in the river. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like and that we'll also have like the mental illness equivalent of penicillin to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. and we actually like can break down what's happening on a molecular level here and like treat it with absolute success. Right. And I also would love to just like know what was wrong with my dad. Like and, and that what, is 
That's really frustrating. I mean, that's clumsy I'm language so... to say what was wrong with him. No. But I mean, he killed himself from mental illness. So I'm not that far off by. Yeah. Like, I, I do think it would have been an improvement if uh, no, he had had is... less of those, some of those qualities. I, I'm, I'm really sorry about to hear that. That's terrible. No, I'm, I'm so it's sorry su- about your brother. Oh, thank you. Suicide is so different. The, the, the anger that kind of comes with it. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for you or for I anyone didn't have at any all. Any anger? Really? Yeah, yeah. That was like not something I experienced at all. Yeah. How did you experience anger with your brother? Well, this wasn't with my brother. The um the su- the suicide experiences I've had, the people I have known, um, who went out that way, I just. Sometimes I think about it and I, I'm just like, what the hell? Why would you do that? Why would you put everyone through this? Oh my God. I literally, that, that, that's so funny that you say that because I look at like what my dad did and I'm like, nah, I get it. Like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, of course I get it. I want, I get it. What you're saying about like depression being this, uh, illness that we hope it is an illness because there are people out there who just live their lives without it which is so insane for me to think about like that doesn't compute in my head but even people who aren't diagnosed with uh depression life basically sucks it's it's hard being a person is hard you know and i don't know if there's a cure for 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 living you know, I think the only cure for living is death, I guess. But I, I think I, I, I don't I, well, I don't know. We used to think that there was like the the fact that penicillin or like something that could like sterilize the human body so um, effectively or just like the standards of medicine, like physical. Yeah. Physical wellness that we uh-huh. achieve today yes. were so unthinkable 500 years ago. It would years. be amazing they, they to were, have it. Uh, it was unfathomable that we could do what we can do today. And mm-hmm. I, I just I just hope I live long enough to see those that same amount of progress. Because it, do, it does seem impossible right now with what we know about the human the brain. brain. Yeah, yeah, and how we understand mental illness. But, you know, as recently as the 70s, homosexuality was classified as a mental illness. That's and true, yeah. it was in the DSM, like, fucking three or something like that. You Wild, know, We're yeah. on the DSM-5 now. I don't know if I have those dates correct. <laughs> but, like, it was in one of the DSMs. Yeah, the between, scientists. Between one and and five one of them had it uh-huh. <laughs> and um actually i think like two or two to three of them had it in it because it was in the first one and yeah, then the next hysteria edition. hysteria, hysteria was, yeah. as well um i think one of the next ones to be removed will be histrionic disorder it's oh, like yeah. a my favorite it's yeah it's Love like it's like hysteria 2.0 yeah but um but yeah i i do hope that i live long enough to see it to just see us like understand it in ways that we can't even fathom because the way we understand it now is so god it just seems so broad and fucking clumsy to me like what we have autism which is a spectrum and depression which is a spectrum and generalized anxiety disorder which is a spectrum and we don't really understand how those interlapped and how they make unique cases and like right i think even just identifying them and classifying them and naming them. I just think that is a clumsy uh, thing to do because, again, 
everyone is different. Everyone experiences, everyone is genetically different and also they have different experiences. And also I'm allergic to penicillin. So that doesn't even work on me. (laughs) So it's just, I just, I Watch them like find the cure for addiction and like you'll be allergic to that too. I know, right? (laughs) But I, I think... And that's why I think sobriety is a spectrum. I think it's people need to be treated as as people, like by doctors, like as people and not as a patient who is diagnosed with this, this, this and this. And let me give them the prescription for all of that. And I I don't know. Everyone's unique and. I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, I agree with you. But I agree. I agree with you that I hope that we make scientific progress with understanding mental illness the way that we've progressed with uh, cancer research. Are we doing well on that? I don't know. Have they figured that out yet? Why haven't they? I heard there was big progress with AIDS recently. Oh, yeah. That's good. Or maybe I, I'm I'm actually really worried that I might have dreamt that, and I'm just like spreading false information on your podcast. Um, but listen, somebody, and maybe it was a character in a dream, but someone definitely told me that there have been some developments in I, AIDS research. I hope, and that's it could true. have been a real person who said that to me. Cool. Maybe th- maybe I'm, we can I, manifest that. I would say it's about 50-50, either either <laughs> or those scenarios. Cool. But um, how long have you had this podcast? Um, I started it when the pandemic happened. Oh, really? Actually, no. Oh, it no, started oh. as a radio show. Is on it your Montez, full-time job? On Montez Press? On Montez Press, they gave me a radio show because I had done a res- a writing residency with them the year prior. What did that look like, writing for radio? Well, this was before they became a radio show. Oh, okay, got they, it. They were, they are originally a publishing uh press montez press and then they the radio thing was so successful that they kept with that full time because wow that's so interesting i thought the press in the name was like like, pr i thought no i thought i thought it was like ironic (laughs) no they because it's like we're montez press radio like i just thought it was a joke yeah no they were made me smile Mm -hmm. no they were originally uh book publishers and yeah so they invited me to have a show for them That's because so cool. they loved me. I was the favorite. I did a, and... I did a little uh, <laughs> like audiobook thing with them. I know, I know. I lo- I lo- shout out Montez Press Radio, everyone there, Stacy, everyone. They are so great. They're so on the pulse too. Like they they're good. They know it's cool. They know it's going to be cool. They're they're it's good. already cool. It's super cool. Yeah. I So I you've love had them. it so you had your so I residency had, there before the pandemic. Yeah, that was one summer I had a writing. And that's Jamian. Okay, on. we can, or I guess we can keep it running. Hi, Jamian. Welcome, welcome. We're recording, so you are on. Uh, do you want to share? Anyway, it started as a radio yeah. show, and now it's a podcast, and now we do get to do fun stuff like this. Okay. Girls sitting okay. around, drinking. Are you sober? No, no, no. I'm just not drinking no. tonight. Do yeah. You, do you need to come in closer to be picked up by the mic? Jamian's voice. Yeah. Uh, sorry. The octaves oh, are low. No, no, no don't smell my breath. She it's projects. terrible. No, no, no. no it's it's so nice to meet you. Welcome to my home. Thank you. Wow. It's fucking like 
Okay, you color organize your clothes. I did. Do you take Adderall? You must. Oh, we were just talking about that. No, no, no. That's actually not an Adderall habit for me. That was actually like baseline personality. But yeah, I was actually super addicted to Adderall. Should I go home now? Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> Jamie and I'm like, I'm like looking in the mirror, like across the room. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you guys were like all the lights off. Like, this is so fucking weird. Yeah, I know. No, it's nice. It's good amb- It's good for taking pics. Everyone looks really good in the pictures. Okay. Well, we. <laughs> Let's wrap this so we can all hang out and you guys can meet each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to meet you. <laughs> this is very cute. Those, I love those new glasses. Nice. They look so good on you. You look good, Jamie. They look amazing. I haven't seen you in a minute. Okay, Caroline. Yes. CC. Can I call you CC? Of course. Does anyone call you CC? Everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's I love cute. it. CC, we are wrapping. Do you have anything, you know, just to. A final word. Do you have anything to plug, first of all? Uh, No, no. I mean, don't Google me. I'm very normal, very nice girl. Just, you know, don't even, don't even look into it. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Definitely follow me on Instagram at Caroline Calloway. Buy my book, Scammer. Buy my skin line. Snake oil. Snake oil. Give me your money. You can just honestly just Venmo me for no reason. I'll accept that too. But, um... Yeah, read my read my book, read my stories, and yeah, I'd love to hear your stories as well. One of my favorite things about building a community on Instagram is I feel like I tell stories in order for other people to feel less lonely, and I feel less lonely in return from the stories that like I've heard, been exposed to, That's been told I- in confidence via DM, <laughs> and it means a lot to me. And I'm really excited to hear other people's stories as well. And then you I'm excited yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you to share your story, your experiences so. with the Al Anonymous community. Yeah, yeah. Uh that's that's the reason I like this podcast because I like when people share it feels less lonely and yeah. We're all unique but on at, at base <laughs> level we are all the same. We are just people. We are people. Jamie, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. Do I don't. I'm, I just came in at the wrong time with dry mouth, so I'm I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> I am happy to see you. Oh my god. Okay, listeners, this has been this has been fun. Okay, thank you, listeners. Again, I love you. Thank you, Caroline. And I love you too. Bye, guys. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Al Anonymous Patreon at patreon.com slash alanonymous. And if you don't feel like paying for my otherwise free podcast, perhaps you could subscribe, rate, and review Al Anonymous on iTunes and all the other places that you get your podcast streaming. And finally, if you are technologically impaired, Maybe you can just tell all of your friends how much you love this podcast, Al Anonymous, and me, Al. Thank you, and I love you all.